Record. Okay. You want me to hit record? No, no. I, I just started record, so go ahead. I don't want to. I'm going to drink some water first. Okay. Well, that's going to be recorded. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's very, a pleasure to see everyone. Are you going to put your video on? Hmm? Are you going to put your video on? Oh, oh, I don't have the video. Yeah, I better. Okay, you got the video? Yeah, I can see myself. Oh, let's see. James. James is laying down. James, are you all right in there? James is getting through osmosis. He's sound asleep, but he's got the Zoom on. All right, Judith, nice to see you. Hey, listen, uh, are there any new people today? Mike, ask him if they raise their hands. Uh, Paul? Yes? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm, I don't have a computer, so I'm listening via the Zoom phone line. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Michael. Michael. How did I you end up you. here? I, I heard about you through Leif and Pasha. Oh, Leif. Oh, great, great. Well, welcome, yeah. Michael. Yeah. I'm sorry we can't yeah, see you, but it may be better for both of us. Well, we're just going to, well, Michael, if you know Leif, Leif knows. Uh, all right, well, let's just present it, basically. You have the sense of non-duality, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a student of Geshe Namjel, the Tibetan Dzogchen teacher, also I'm very close to Peter Braun. Oh, all right, great, great. Well, then you know too much, probably, but hey, we'll start. Um, yes, yeah, yes. So, yeah, yeah so <laughs> if there's not, if... There isn't anyone else there, here? Everyone's been introduced to the idea of duality and non-duality. No, uh, uh, my friend Mike here hasn't. But I have heard Well, okay. Mike, you're in, you're, you're in good hands with Donna, so... Uh, but how we just see non-duality is more as a, a statement of negation. So non means not, duality means two. And duality is not meant to be understood, it's meant to be observed, yes? And then you'll get to an understanding. You'll have, like in a, let's say in the action figure life of Paul, Paul seemed to be in the deep throes of addiction for quite a long time, and then things swung and now he's in recovery. So that would be a dualistic presentation, yes? And when I was in, it's when I was in addiction, I could never imagine not being addicted. And when I'm in recovery, I can't imagine I ever got loaded. Yeah, it's just, it can swing both ways. And then it's really rooted in the primary dualism, which is subject object. So, and that's just a given. There's just so much that we assume or live based on assumptions that they very rarely get questioned. We question everything else from the assumptions that it would be nice to question. So the subject-objectness of my experience, let's say, is I feel or I sense myself as a subject, but I see myself as an object, yeah? So when I'm thought about, I'm thought about as an object. When I'm thinking, it makes me feel like I'm the thinker, meaning I'm the subject, yeah? So this subject-objectness is seemingly uh, brought into question by the negation of it. Yeah? There is no non-duality meaning. I mean, there's where would it be? Who would show up? Yes. And in a way, there's never anything new in non-duality, 2020. There's nothing you can sort of trot out as a, a new, un, unrealized aspect of non-duality. No. The, this, What's, what's taught, in a sense, is duality. So, in a, in a sense, we share the dualistic mechanisms, and by hopefully, by, there's, by seeing them, there may be a feeling of being that which is seeing them, yeah? So, you'll get a sense of what we are, a subject with no uh, opposite, yes? Just subjectiveness, yeah? So... Non-duality is sometimes where everyone 
after they go to a lot of spiritual houses, they sort of end up at non-duality because a lot of things have failed. And after they spent years blaming themselves for not doing enough or not staying at the, t at the temple long enough or not chanting this or that, they start feeling a suspicion about the whole framing of how things are. And then so finally, they can see that the failure is inherent in, in, in the approach, yeah? Because if we are what we're looking for, then looking for it would be a detriment, so to speak, yes? If we are, this is the assumption, if we are what we're looking for, then looking for it would be uh, a delaying of that, yes? So if we use what we are to look for what we are, it's, it's actually a, a seeming blindness to what we are by looking for it, by using it to look for itself, that which we are seems to be hidden to us. And then we attempt to arrive there when we've reached a couple of goals, like maybe purification or enough realizations or went through the dark night of the soul and stuff like that. And then suddenly we arrive at that shore, but uh, arriving at that shore, you know, up, upon having never left, that's sort of the recognition. So basically what causes, let's call it a lion, what causes the lion or seemingly causes the lion not to get the message it's a lion? Yeah, that's what's more important to me. I don't want to hear another description, another description that I'm a lion because I'd rather find out why that isn't getting through to the lion. And what I found, and many people have found, is there's this programming and there's an act of being identified as a sheep, yeah, all the while being the lion. So when the message, I'm a lion, comes, and then there's a feeling, ah, oh, that's pretty cool, and stuff like that, but then it gets claimed by the sheep, and it neuters the message. And then the message gets translated to fit the frame of the sheep, which is, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. The message is, you are what you're looking for. Yeah, the message isn't you are, and if you do 50 pages of requirements and you meet them perfectly, then you are what you're looking for. No, what's looking now is what you're looking for. Unbuilt, unworked on, unamplified, just the basic fact that we are that which we're looking for. Yeah, and unbeknownst to us, many of us, through an act of being identified as something else, that something else can't be a something else. It just sits on top of what we are, in a sense. And basically, we live as if we're the glove while being the hand the whole time. So the glove is being animated. Every, the life that the glove thinks it has is all given by the hand that's inside of it, yeah? But the hand has seemingly forgotten it's the hand, and it has taken itself to be the glove. So when that glove goes to meetings about you're a hand or you can become a hand, it hears every description of itself as the glove. And that sort of throws the whole thing off, yeah? So basically, instead of hearing the description that I'm a hand, that I'm a hand, that I'm a hand, that I'm a hand, let's recognize the mechanism of how the glove seems to supplant the hand very quickly in this thing called time, yeah? It's not a thing, but an activity. And so when we finally recognize, like in AA, in recovery, there's an observation they came up with after years of attempting to get out of themselves as themselves, and they made a very beautiful statement, and that is self can't get out of self. Now, you can understand that intellectually, and you may even, I mean, know it as best as you can know it in a certain way, because you think there's a difference. You believe it's you trying to get out of self, yeah? You don't recognize the second identification. You've now recognized something called self, and it's come to, it's made a whole lot of sense that it would be nice if I could get out of self. And in my case, I realize that's all I've been trying to do since I've been six, 
years old, but basically it wasn't Paul trying to get out of self, it was self trying to get out of self. Paul was an identification as self, yes? Unbeknownst, seemingly, to Paul, until Paul had a rude awakening and realized that description, self can't get out of, ex- out of self, explained the whole theme of Paul's life since it's been six years old, yeah? <laughs> Basically, I was just seeing as a unique individual, separate, long-lasting character who had private thoughts and his own feelings and did certain things maybe a lot of people would never fucking think of doing, yeah? But in fact, all of that was self. And so as soon as I could see it, not from Paul, but from what, what, what I am, I saw when that statement says self can't get out of self, the first self that's trying to get out of the, the objectification of self is Paul, Mary, Jim, Bill, Sue, every alcoholic, every addict in the world is trying to get out of self in a way. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why it hasn't worked, and I'm telling you, I may have not, I, I don't think I've met the greatest spiritual devotees, but I've met some real drug addict devotees who had gone 100% full on to the point of willing to die every day in the attempt of trying to get out of self as Paul. Yeah? Now, the great news was Paul never succeeded because there isn't a Paul. (laughs) That's the whole point. So Paul is self, and self can't get out of self, because what I am has never been in self. So from where I am, there's no need to get out of what I'm not in. From where the head says I am, there's a huge need to get out of where I think I am. So Paul is always going to be driven in some subtle way or some gross way or obvious way is going to try to get out of itself as itself. And that's the reason why nothing works. Because, you know, you can't get out of an imaginary place. The being out of an imaginary place is, pre, is, is inherent. You're not in the imaginary place. So how long would it take you to get out of an imaginary place? Obviously no time. Yeah, you don't, and what kind of methodology or tools would you need to get out of an imaginary place? None, yeah, (laughs) because you're not in an imaginary place. (laughs) So this is the whole message, the whole point. So let's see, and I like to call it the terminology of selfing, what seems to claim my attendance at certain meetings, let's say. So let's say I'm at a meeting and someone shares, which is true, there is no person, there is no body, and it's super direct, but what's hearing it is a body that takes itself to be a person, yeah? So that that identification is like a sponge. It can suck in as much non-duality as you can hear. It can listen to tons of talks and soak it in and make it into something, yeah? Because we're not, without knowing it, the act of identification is taking precedent. It's, it's placing itself the, before the message that's heard, yeah? And therefore it neuters the message. I saw it with my own experience. In the course, I knew the body had something to do with my uh, dilemma, yeah? I had been gone to enough spiritual meetings. The body somehow is the obscuring agent. So there's a great lesson in The Course of Miracles where basically you're saying, I'm not a body, I am free, for I am just as God created me, something like that. So believing I knew it, it was the body that was the problem, so I would chant almost in a way. You could go to like a three-day chant of I'm not a body, I am free. I'd say this over and over again. But the only thing that would do that would be a body identification. The only thing that wants to get out of the body is the body. (laughs) So the more I chanted, I'm not a body, what was being reinforced was the body. I had no idea until I did. (laughs) So (laughs) when Ramana Maharshi says in so many ways, the only way I remember now is there's this presupposing 
there's this there's an assumption that's when it's when it's entertained is pre-assumed in other words the assumption come can come after a lot of stuff but when entertained it's pre-assumed to be before all the stuff yeah it's a trip how would how how could we know that an assumption could have that ability so something i suppose later can be presupposed before yeah that's freaking a trip yeah so there's this presupposing of this non-existent thing let's say being existing so there's the mistake of the subject object yes so i believe i'm the one who's conscious and when i say i it's framed as being a body so i'm basically what i'm saying is i'm the seer of the seeing i'm the hearer of the hearing I am the feeler of the feeling. And in a sense, that assumption is put before the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But in fact, the, feel, the, the sense of being the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher comes after the claiming of the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching by the mental state. Have you seen that? If you haven't seen it, then you're looking from it. You're looking from the pre-assumption. Yeah? So the seeing is claimed and then it's used to imply a seer and then the seer is pre-supposed to be before all the seeing. So now you're walking around when the, the seeing is demonstrating and it's, the whole demonstrated is neutered by this lazy idea, well, I'm the seer. You know what I mean? I'm the hearer. So I don't feel the joy of seeing a beautiful sunset. My head says, oh, I've seen 30 sunsets, you know. I saw a better one last month in Bali. I saw what a wah, wah, wah. It goes on and on and on. So the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching gets neutered and is used to reinforce the idea of being the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher. That's not a random phenomenon. That's a mechanical act. That's the mechanism. Consciousness brings things to light. The mental state arises, claims what it comes in contact with, uses it to presuppose or to imply or to insinuate an object being the subject, Paul, a noun. So now all the verbings are used to imply the noun, and then the noun is presupposed to be before all the verbings. I mean, how can you run a race if you pay, you know, you, you're, let's say if you are a horse, two of your legs are pointing one way and two of your legs are pointing the other way. Where are you going to fucking go? So I didn't have to chant, I'm not a body, I'm not a body. I had to see what takes itself to be a body and maybe I would see it as not me. And in that sense, I'd be freed from it not through it or with it or by its efforting you know and its understanding and its thinking but from it all and maybe just maybe it will take absolutely no time at all to be where you already are and maybe it'll have enough impact on you you'll get weaned off of this freaking thing because i know as soon as all that which was used to imply me was seen as just an implying I lost interest in it it's the me that makes me so interested in it yeah it's the identification as what it's implying that makes the implying so fucking interesting yeah so so our intention with the talks wasn't to speak about and describe the indescribable and try to understand what can never be understood and try to comprehend which is incomprehensible but to comprehend what's comprehensible yeah comprehend understand what can be understood see what can be seen you can't see that which is seeing but you definitely can see what can be seen yeah you can see it and a Hawaiian poet, great master, put it so many beautiful ways, but one of them was, hey, whatever can be perceived, which is this and all these things in the squares, cannot be that which is perceiving. So to me, that undermines the whole narrative that's playing all day. 
Yeah, the whole narrative is based on the assumption that the perceived is what's perceiving, that Paul is what's perceiving, is what's doing everything, is what's feeling everything. Yet Hoang Po just cut that whole fucking imaginary brush like that. So to me, it's like the message is never to you and it's never from me. It's through us. It's something comes through and goes through, hopefully. Yeah? So there'll be... A, and then when you realize that the, the effort isn't for you to get it, it's is for you to be confused so there'll be a getting of it. Yeah? In other words, to have the idea of you sent around the corner for a half an hour so some real communication can occur. So maybe, just maybe, we'll get a sense of life with the horse in front of the cart. You know, we'll see blue is blue. There'll be a sense of it, a sense of rightness, yeah? So, there you have it. Mike, unleash the Kraken, Mike. What? Unleash the Kraken. Okay. Anybody want to raise their hands? Art. Oh, no, that's just a thumbs up. <laughs> Who's asking to yeah. go to the bathroom? You go to the bathroom? <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> I think James raised from the dead. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, he's back. <laughs> we thought we were done with you, James. Sylvester just. Close shop, it's great. Oh, those blinds, those are blinds. No one? All right, fantastic. Well, I was just wondering, out of curiosity, um, the, the body is the idea of an object that can take itself to be separate. So instead of starting with, can I know myself not as a body, it's like trying to imagine if I, a box, can a box take itself to be um, a separate object it doesn't even make sense it's only imagining this leaving out the body imagine to be this object imagine to be any kind of object that can then imagine that there's another object and then vice versa kind of yes. takes, the, takes the weight off the body <laughs> yeah the body is an idea yeah. it's a it's pictured in mind but mind found it an easy being objectified, it can be obsessed around, yes? Yeah. Yeah, it's a super box. <laughs> but all this is, you know, all this is is a commu communication underneath, above, on the side of the words. The words don't matter, yeah? It's yeah. just something that you know and we know, yeah, already. And that's all the, that's the whole target. The target has already been hit, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's two hands. Mike, Mike's up first. Mike. Hey, Paul. Can you hear me? I can. I'm just trying to find you, but go ahead. So there's like a lot of uh, traveling lighter for a while now, but I haven't seen yet that it never happened. Don't worry about it. Just stick with the traveling lighter. Yeah. Traveling lighter will beget lighter more. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what's been happening. Well, yes. In other words, there isn't a you that's traveling lighter. There's traveling lighter. And in the narrative, we say it's us. Yeah. So the traveling lighter, you showing up is sort of... <laughs> You're not like the valuable cargo. You're more like a speed bump in a way. <laughs> so, yeah. It was nice just to witness or just observe, hey, there's traveling lighter far out. Yeah. 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 You can call all the dogs back to the kennel and, yeah. <laughs> put the, put the, the cap on all the surveillance cameras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, yeah. Where to live. Yeah. Sit, yeah.
<laughs> if it did, if it didn't have an infinite quality, you'd be crazy to share it. You'd like to keep as much as you could. <laughs> but because it's like that old thing they used to say in the Buddha thing, you know, uh, the light of a candle can light up millions of other candles and is never diminished by all the lighting of candles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I screw that up, but you get the message. I yeah. heard that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in AA, we would say you have it by giving it away. It's sort of in the same uh, flavor of that. Yeah. Yeah, because the giving it away is like it's just happening. You can just see how it affects others without even, you know, just like regular living, being around other people, something's happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It reverberates in, in a couple different ways. Yeah. You're on to something. I mean, seriously. I'd have yeah. to really seriously reconsider the seat assignment I feel I'm in. <laughs> yeah, light begets light. It's not that difficult. Yeah. You'll see more and more the obscuring is wanting to see. Yeah. <laughs> That's the obscuring. Yeah, and I've seen that. So you see, you know, instead of looking at yourself as a noun or a body, you see yourself as a movement also. In this case, the movement of selfing is uh, its usefulness is almost as an obscuring, yeah? So then you recognize that. You recognize like in AA, uh, one of the main first moves of recovery is where you see your role in things, yeah? So you were looking at life for years, looking at everyone else's role, and then suddenly you see your role in, and it's very revolutionary, yeah? Well, that's the thing, like if you're in that movie theater and a guy's big head is blocking the screen and then you you call it and you realize it's your head yeah so that's basically that's how there's a real loss of interest in you yeah yeah you see that interest in you is is like the the smoke machine so to speak yeah now how are you going to lose interest you can't but there's a loss of interest yeah Right. Yeah. And well, it can, you know, hmm? well, years ago, I you know I would hear these other uh, non-dual teachers say like you have to want an awakening more than you want anything, and then the mind would just go, oh yeah, that's right, and then it would be really a lot of interest in trying to make that the most important thing. That, that's how I heard the message. But then within 20 minutes or half an hour, just totally forget about it and go off somewhere else. But it just happened. It was just a stronger desire to find out the truth. Like yeah. on its own. I didn't have to like manufacture it. No. Well, the, see, the dilemma with the manufacturing it, uh, the side you're not seeing is, is used as a mirror to reflect self. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So as you're in this, engaged with this, let's say, spiritual journey, it's like the GoPro is on you. <laughs> yeah. So it's not on the target, it's on you more with this idea of a target or a goal. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. The idea of wanting to know God the biggest emphasis most of the time is on the knower of God. And then maybe the moment, <laughs> you know what I mean? But the yeah. whole process of knowing God was more about the knower of God than God. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you just lose interest in all that. And it's not like something you, uh, 
you know, it's sort of in a weird way has to be ripe in you. Yeah, you can't rush it. You just see, let's say non-duality uh, can give you a certain uh, prescription pair of glasses. Yeah, not bifocals, but uh, uno, uh, like a unifocal that can see bifocalness. Yeah, so then you, you hear certain things and then you start seeing it while you're, you know, trucking around, while you're living, and you start, and then, so, the, the, let's say, the hunch, or the hope, or the, you know, cursory understanding deepens, you're, you're on, you're, you're on a surface of a very deep body of water, and then there's like a sonar coming up, and you're getting hits, like, in, like, unspoken yeses somewhere, and it's really, it's, 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 uh, it has an incredible, timber or resonance it's it like the bell clangs and that frequency really goes on a long time so so uh in a way the hollowed outness of it where this loss of interest in paul the whole shenanigans it hollows out that and that gives it the the ring in a sense yeah now you can't be interested in getting hollowed out that would be a lot of fullness again but you just hear certain things that to me were very disarming. Like when I heard that statement of uh, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. I mean, that basically explained most of uh, the themes of my life since six years old. Yeah, really. And so what's one to do with that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Do you want to put all those bricks back in place after they just fell on you? I'd rather just go down with the ship, so to speak. Yeah, just like the house of cards collapsed. Do I want to really rebuild it? I mean, so basically that's why we try to use the little analogy of, of like a shoe store. And you come in to, let's say, satsang, and hopefully you'll feel a sense of something. And then there'll be some things that are said. Maybe they're echoes of things that were said by past people. And they produce like, a, you know, like if you could just blow in a certain mountain range, if you just blew one note on a trumpet, it would initiate tons of avalanches. Yeah. Okay. So to me, some of the statements of, Hoang Po and Ramana Mahashi and Nizagadatta and the Course in Miracles was like that. Yeah, it didn't need a symphony. It was just one note, and then there was an avalanche of stuff. Yeah. Oh, and then so much is revealed underneath the snow, and then in a way, there's a. You find that there's an, and it's not you. You're the, you're the effect of something being convinced, you know? And then it, it, it's like a spiritual trickle-down economy. It goes down into the action figure. And now a lot of your angst is chilled out. You realized you're never transcending this place as a product of this place, yeah? That you're never going to get it, meaning Paul. He's not, I'm not going to understand it. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to make it mine. Yeah. None of that's working. It's all that activity. That's the whole obscuring dance. So once you realize that any move that you make as you muddies the water, <laughs> basically, then you find there's a trust in just resting on the salt water surface. You, you now you float. Yeah. You're not going to go under your float. Yeah. That's traveling yeah, like seeing it. in my feeling, yeah, in my sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But again, I yeah. keep on seeing that, like. Oh, it's, and it's a fun, yeah. This doesn't uh, have an expiration date. You don't run out, yeah. No, it's just seeing more, like when there's yeah. caught up in the story a little bit. It's Not like more seeing, but it. they're seeing more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a gold rush. There's no rush in this. This goal doesn't. This goal doesn't demand rush. Yeah, it's gold, plentiful. Yeah, it's a disarming. 
Yeah. See, like, let's say there's a disarming. Can the gun put down the gun? Obviously not. So that's the dilemma. Yeah. You wanting to put down you is shooting the gun in a way. Yeah, so, and I'm seeing that more and more. Yeah, it's just the loss of Continue. interest. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's was the one of the, you know. This has you, you know, like, you hear the message. Like, when I went to satsangs, there was, like, an unspoken yes, something reverberated. But then what really was revealed was something that was going on that I had a feeling of it, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And that's, and then I would see that in a lot of the teachings of Ramana, people who were with him, they would use this idea that I was feeling and I couldn't put my finger on. And it seemed like he put his finger on it many times. And he says, you know, the greatest mystery is reality wanting to attain reality. Yeah. Now, what interests me in that is how the hell would reality ever get to the point where it would want to attain itself? Yeah. There must be an activity that reality is engaged with to cause reality to seemingly forget its reality? Or why would it have any interest in <laughs> knowing what it's being? Yeah? yeah? And so to me, that's the thing to speak about, is how does that seem to happen? Not that we're reality, not that we're the lion, that's a given in a way, but why is it so difficult for that to arrive and land? What sort of... You know, what tower is calling off that plane right at the right when it's touching onto the tarmac and putting it up in the fucking air again? So it goes to another retreat and another side saying on and on. What is that? Yeah. To me, that's the more important thing. The more important thing isn't that I'm a lion. I'm a lion. The more important thing is why the hell am I not getting that? Yeah. Really? Why the hell have I spent like 1200 hours? hearing about being a lion and it hasn't seemed to trigger one roar you know what the fuck's going on so that to me was what was interesting to me and then once it was seen then i was compelled to share and then i never left that point because i think it's pointless to move on if you're not recognizing something's happening so fast in time that's in a sense replacing you it's stepping in front of you. So every ball that's thrown to you, it catches. Every mail that's sent to you, it catches. Like the, what they do in prison. Hopefully you've never been there. You never get an unedited letter. You know, they in, watch the movies. They're always looking at what was said in there. So basically, you're never getting, you're never getting it. It's going through other channels. Yeah? That's what I'm interested in to point this out and keep pointing it out because I don't think you need to hear one more, one more bit of information about what you are. You'll have the joy of finding it out. Yeah. Why would you want to rob yourself of the joy of finding it out by having conceptual ideas of knowing it? Yeah. The finding out is the joy. And even if all the conceptual ideas, they're like, empty ornaments on a dead tree in a sense because they'll always re be, re be replaced by what you find out none of what you find out will fit into them the way you thought it was isn't the way it is so how many you have to go through one five ten until you realize the whole tree is hung with stinking ornaments you know I don't have to go through each one. You just see, a few should do, yeah? So let's find out what we're not. Come on, let's try that. Let's find out what we're not. And then if we, I mean, understand what we're not, and then we'll find out what we are. Instead of trying to find out what we are from what we're not, let's find out what we're not from what we are. It's just a simple little, we're not changing. There's still two chairs in the room. The room's there. We're not 
bringing in a whole new decorator, just a simple seeing it from a different location in a weird way. Yeah. 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 It's the only thing that worked for me. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, who who did you used to listen to when you got this message? Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> I've always wondered. I've been listening to the hummingbirds, the robins. No. I liked uh, a number of people. Some people I didn't, and uh, whatever. Some I, I went to visit, and uh, yeah. J.P. Sears, how to be ultra spiritual. He's pretty good. <laughs> no, the only one I, I saw, uh, when I was first introduced to the idea, I read a book called Who Cares by Ramesh Balsakar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who had been uh, one of the translators for Nizagadatta. I liked that one. It's sufficient to want to go see him before he died because he was old. And I went to uh, Bombay and saw him. Uh, 2000, I think. And um, some other people I like. I did. But I haven't, my, I haven't heard anyone in, in a long, long time. I'd rather just be in like an independent bakery, you know, let it whatever comes in. Because uh, I, maybe I could read another one's box and agree and get the ingredients, but the, it's not a cake for me. Yeah. So yeah. that's what got me before. Let's see, it was after I saw you when I was in San Francisco and I went up to Oregon and I was, you know, was starting to sink in what you were saying when I went to your talks. And then I did read Ramesh after that when I was up there for a while. And then I came back to Mass and I saw you up in Great Barrington a few times. Yeah. And yeah. just things just started clicking boom, boom, boom. Well, there you go. So, yeah. It's so funny. We always sound surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised we put up with so much shit. <laughs> I'm not surprised when it works out. <laughs> it always gets me. <laughs> I listen to you and stuff like that, and surprise, surprise, there seems to be a traveling lighter. What the hell? <laughs> a lot of shit before before all this happened all kinds of suffering and, you know yeah dark night stuff thank god it wasn't you right <laughs> yeah. yeah you'll lose interest in a lot of suffering if it's if it, if it really was nothing to do with you you will yeah <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you. Let's put on James Braun. Here's Kate P. I just saw Kate P. Yes, Man, now I forgot what the, nope. the big old yep. wisdom bomb I was going to. Oh, yeah. You know, you guys, somewhere on one of y'all's chats. First of all, man, I'm sorry I've missed some of these things. I've been I've slept through a couple. I'm so glad you guys put them up so I can play them after. But uh, I, uh, on one of these things, someone mentioned Going Headless. And that's one of those books I read trying to not get sober and figure out my problems without going to AA. But it's probably one of three or four books that after I got sober, all of a sudden that stuff was of value. And I was in one of uh, your meetings and someone mentioned uh, on being headless and I pulled the book out and it, it just started helping me see what I'm not. So I, Great, you know, yeah. those pointers are good. I read that book. I like the way he wrote Douglas Harding. Yes. Yeah. And but I didn't go see him. He was still alive, but then he passed away. After yeah, that. I guess, my problem is I can't pronounce Nizargadada. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to go to his house. <laughs> I went to Nizargadada's house and stuff, and where he used to sell uh, cigarettes. Um, an Indian guy named Mukti took me over there. He knew the family, so it was cool. Yeah, that was a great story. I've heard you tell it before. It's a great one. Yeah, I like Your voice is on the video. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was a bookie. He took me to uh, 
a horse racing place in Bombay. I went to the tracks. Yeah, it's a trip. All right, well, thanks, James. Nice to see you. Man, I just wanted to say hi. Uh, I'm having one of those things where it's just good to be on. You know, bro, if you needed a community, if you needed a community, you have one, a second one, so. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's safe. It feels safe. I've seen Elena, um, I've been up since two on these Zoom sessions, you know, I got some guys that were like, uh, meet us in Ireland, and, you know, for the morning meeting, and uh, and I've seen Elena all day long, off and on. Oh, I, oh I great. Frames. <laughs> well, get her a pillow, will you? She's going to have a bad neck if she keeps... There you go, on the wall there. I'm concerned for you, Elena. No, I'm just happy to listen. Thank you, guys. I'm just new to that. I'm happy to listen. I'm shut up my mouth. We're, that, we're happy to have you, honey. Yeah. Thank you for I, what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes? Anyone? Mike? I don't see any hand. Oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Uh, should stay in the corner clock. All right. Where is yeah, he? Yeah, I should. But oh, here he is. He's out. All right, Gary. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, I was reading this fantasy book the other day, and I came across a sentence that just jumped out at me because of what you talk about. It says... Um, the past comes into existence with the story. And that was, uh, this, this guy was talking in this fantasy, like, how could it be that you experience something that seems like you've been here forever? And from my point of view, you've only just, you know, it's only been a couple of days. And so that, that idea that, uh, that with a story, suddenly there's a past. And um, I just I just thought of that with you because it, your description of the the eye comes with the whole past story that that's just just a story that that kind of you know comes into existence where there wasn't a past before. There's suddenly a past. So seemingly, I, it seemingly, doesn't. It never comes into existence. It's yeah. entertained, yeah, but it doesn't come into existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? By our entertainment, it seems to come into a past existence, yes, but it doesn't. I guess it's like when I read the story, it, it comes into existence, but when I'm not reading it, it, does, it doesn't have an existence, or it doesn't yeah. seem to. You seem to be, you seem to have a large role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing I wanted to mention was my experience of asking questions. Because uh, sometimes I don't want to because <laughs> I know I'm going to be, you know, something bad's going to happen. I'm going to lose something in the process, but I still want to ask this question anyway. So uh, the image came to me, it's sort of like sitting down at the barber shop and saying, yeah, just take a little off the top. Yeah. And Paul says, off with his head. And, and the whole, you know, the whole questioner, along with his question, gets clipped off at the base. So, but I keep coming back for more because I, I really I prefer it that way. Oh. I prefer the haircut that you give. All right. To a little off the top. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I get a laugh every time I think about it. Well, don't read on having no head. That would preclude no no haircuts ever. So stay away from that book, Gary. <laughs> yeah. You like to have it and then lose it, which isn't bad. Yeah. So anyway. I love to see you, Gary, yeah. Gary really. You're one of the unforgettable squares from these, it seems like years, but these few weeks we've been doing these things. Yeah, seriously. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure uh, listening and and you've really made a difference in my life. What your message, the message to you. The message, yes, yes. Appreciate it. You don't want my message, no. That's for no. sure. No. <laughs> and I, but I appreciate the distinction. That makes it so much easier to, yeah. to, to message. Yes, please. It's not yeah. the messenger. No, no. And there's Daz. I just want to say hello to Daz too. Nice to see you, Daz. You're underneath Gary. You're in a good, you're in a good square. Anyone else? Uh, yeah. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Kate P. By chat. Hey guys. Hey Paul. Hey. Um, hi. Uh, let's see. I've been coming to Satsang and Twelve Step for a long, long time. Uh, I feel. So I got the message. I've been watching your YouTubes for many years now. The message is pretty clear. Sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't. I'm really sick of spiritual seeking. And every time I'm here, I'm like, why am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> it's kind of the attitude I have. And I leave early a lot because of that. But I also feel like I'm writing, like writing myself into the need to be here. Like, I, I don't know. I just keep missing that uh so i don't know if i should just keep coming or if i should take a break you know can you talk about that for a second yeah we'll make it simple honey if you like it just keep coming it's fine yeah okay yeah yeah to see the, the head wants to uh yeah it's like that it's that little game of thief policeman thief policeman yeah yeah i hate when people think themselves out of uh enjoying something <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you'll know you'll know in your gut when yeah like i knew i could tell you the exact moment and it was in tiruvannamalai when i was sitting in a satsang i knew at that moment i was never going to ask another question <laughs> i could tell you right now i knew it you know what i mean I knew it. I didn't have any discussion before. Should I or shouldn't I ask questions? It was, you know, questions were appropriate, 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 appropriate. And one, they weren't appropriate. Yeah. 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 But see, the head would like to make things inappropriate that are appropriate now. Who knows? Yeah. And this is what you'll get a feeling with after a while. The head wants to play you. And, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, that's just seeking. Go, don't go. And then you miss seeing your friends or the enjoyment. You know what I mean? It's insane. It's insane stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, so if you're enjoying it, or even if you're not enjoying it and you enjoy that, just show up and then leave when you want. Do whatever, yeah? But okay. remember, that thing that's speaking to you as you may not be you, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You're going to go, it's going to be more of a, the direction isn't going to come from thought, you know, it's going to be before thought, in a way, you'll get a sense of feeling more uh, the way to go instead of thinking the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, and, and you know, it may be good for us for to have you here. So it's not all about you. Even the non-you. It's not all. It's not all about the non-you or the you. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd miss you. So there you go. Glad to be here. Well, there you go, and we're glad to have you. See, a lot of times, it's simple because the head will. You know, the head's practicing a yoga called I, me, mine, you know, it has one posture and it's very convoluted and it's able to put its head up its ass. Yeah. And so it likes to speak from there. <laughs> and just, uh, oh man, Jesus Christ. I hate when the head starts convincing us to give up things we love to do, you know, you know what I mean? It's funny, I used to surf a lot more than I do now, the knees.
but I never thought I was surfing too much. <laughs> thought never came up. <laughs> if I could get in the water, I got in the water. Now, if I didn't get in the water, I didn't get in the water. And like when people say, do you miss it? I don't miss it until I get back in the water. Then I miss it. <laughs> but I don't miss surfing until I start surfing. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the head's crazy. So, if, you're, if something, if this is feeling good, uh, yeah, just go with it. Yeah. Uh, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, Michael, my phone. I think he's been trying to. Oh, Michael, yes. How are you, Michael? Okay, Paul. Very, very nice. Re really appreciate your your sharing. It's beautiful. So I, I'm 62, and, and I've been celibate for eight years. But in my earlier life, I struggled with, I guess, what could be called sexual addiction. And uh, it was out of control. I, I seem to have an affinity for... Buddhism, non-duality, uh, when I was young, and it totally interfered. I wanted to ask you, from your experience, work, you, you're known for being sort of a specialist with addiction. Your experience working with people struggling with addiction, how, how much does spirit influence? In the East and elsewhere, they describe uh, negative spirits, entities, whatever that is, yeah. that for, form an, an alliance or allegiance with people who are vulnerable because of addictive stuff going on. So, yeah. Do you have a feel for that? Well, yeah, because I, I use the term parasite or a mental parasite to describe uh, addiction and stuff. So, uh -huh. yeah, I... I see it as foreign, um, a foreign movement. Yet, see, the, the identification as self, after that foreign movement moves through us, it's claimed as us, yeah? Yep. Which, which binds you to uh, an impossibility of real freedom because the real freedom is from that foreign entity, not as the foreign entity. So, and... Um, Yes, so I've always, for a long time, I came in AA 32 years ago, and in, in three or four years of being in there and the head and my outside circumstances clearing up, it was obvious to me uh, that, and my intimate experience was something took me over and used me for transportation, yes. So uh, I wasn't clear um, that the one that was saying something took me over was part of that which took me over yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah. I caught like I, I, uh, I identified, let's say the police drawing. I didn't know it was uh, a description of me. <laughs> so, but then I did. Things changed. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, uh, Noel Levine, he, he works with, um, he, he started some uh, mindfulness-based addiction program. I only met him once. But I, he gave a talk a number of years ago, and he said that people who are grappling with addiction are not in a position to really approach the meditative path. It just, it, it, it won't work. So, do, do you recommend that people become free from addiction before embracing non-duality? Is, is there a sequence that you sense is ideal? Uh, uh, or well, again, I don't have any uh, rote rules about that. It would just be uh, what's happening in the moment with that person or whatever. So I don't want to, it's, there's no roteness to it. Um, oh, all right. But, uh, you know, I know that um, a lot of people try to uh, replace uh, the 12 steps with Buddhism and they end up drunk Buddhists. So uh, a lot of things like that. And so, mm -hmm. no, I don't have any real uh, 
set in stone thing. I just, if I meet the person, I just feel something directs me and I, I speak from there. Yeah. So I, I sense a, a very strong heart quality in you. It's delightful. I, I take it you're from New York. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm from Connecticut. Reminds me of being back at what, when I was a child. It's just very, very warm, very, um, accepting. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for uh, offering this. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. And come back. We're here all the time I, now. I will. I will definitely. I'm going to next week. I'm probably going to buy my first zoom seat. So my ass does better. So, hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Thanks, Paul. Michael. Anybody else want to raise their hands? What's awesome is this is all working because the, the length of the talks is going down. You know, the first couple of weeks there were like over two hours and <laughs> now, yes, that's a good sign from where I'm sitting. Yes, come on up, Dez. Thanks, Mike. Yes. Hi, Paul. Thanks for hey, your guys. talk tonight. Thank you so much. Um, and what you just said there just made me put my hand up. I, I was one of them at the beginning. I was like, I want to know about all this stuff. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the misunderstanding. I want to understand it. I want to know more. Um, as I've shared before, um, for a good 20, 26 years, I performed in such a way that I was, um, I was um, eating out of the hands of my parasite. They, I was, you know, I think you class it as me, parasite. And the other day, I sort of like had a, a body check through through meditation and, and a thought process. And I look back on a couple of weeks that I just wasn't feeling too, too good in myself. And I sort of like had a look from, from behind, from above, down onto what, how I'd been acting. And I was able to see what I was, what I was not, so to speak, how I'd been, how I'd been taken over once again in, in sobriety. Uh, I'd fallen back and into the eating out of the hands of the, the parasite. And uh, I was able to just wind it in and draw it into the moment. And it was unbelievable, such a realisation of what I actually am. I'm not saying I've got it or anything like that, but I know what I'm not. So if I can recognise what I am when it occurs, I can build on that and be aware of when it is happening if you know what I mean. And, yeah. yeah, that's how I've sort of like learned and grown through through this. And I can hear, feel, I can hear the, 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 the thinking come in from, from the thoughts wanting to put me into the, the acting out and the, using my body as an action figure. And I've, I've got rid of a lot of things and I've, I've changed. I've changed into more of a relaxed type of person or whatever I'm not. I don't know, I just wanted to share that, that I'm so grateful that you've helped me do that. Well, it's better for all of us that you, you're subdued there, Daz. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to have a Daz on the loose. No. <laughs> the city, the, the, uh, the town in England you live in is sending me a check every week. <laughs> keep Daz down keep Daz down alright <laughs> pleasure hopefully one day we'll meet Daz hopefully yeah. I think I've seen let's see oh, there's Dana again up there Thanks, I thought uh, I got a, a glimpse of Glenda O'Driscoll there she is Glenda O'Driscoll 
Yes. Uh, Nico, Nico's looking very comfortable. Yeah. Nice to see you. Barbara and Roman. Nice. Robin is uh, acting like a Roman would. Uh, relaxing in the lap of luxury. There's Richard from uh, England. One of my favorite people who sends me uh, Japanese Zen porn literature. Yeah, I don't want to share. My career would be over. There's Norman up there, Natalie, Natalie. Just, just put that dream catcher around your head, Natalie. There you go. <laughs> we got a big Ireland there from Kerry Klein. That's good. Uh, we got Nick, Sean. Nice to see you guys. Yariv, very good to see you, bro. Yeah. And Clark, I can't see you, but I have a feeling you're there. Richard, again, something shining off that your head. All right, good. That seventh chakra opened. I saw it. I saw the thousand petal lotus. Yeah, awesome. We got Jim and Trish. That staircase looks so big from this view. Yeah, it's sort of like, wow, stairway to heaven. Very hard. Z, I hope to see you soon, Z. I'll call you when we're done. Yeah. All right, Mike, Judith, Sylvester left. He just has the blinds on. James, 